Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. During our 2023 Lenten season, from February 22nd through April 9th, when we celebrate Easter, we are walking through a series called Good Enough, taking themes and blessings in worship from Kate Bowler's book of the same name. In this Lenten season, we resonate with Dr. Bowler's words when she says, ultimately, we can rest in the encouragement to strive for what is possible today while recognizing that though we are finite, the life in front of us can be beautiful. We are still in the Gospel of John this week. The fourth Gospel, fourth of four, And today, a man who was born blind is healed by Jesus, is given sight by Jesus, but not without some questions from onlookers. The first question, who sinned? Was it him or his parents? Jesus doesn't respond how they think they're going to respond to that question. But that's not where the questions stop. But what John, in in this story, and in everything we've read so far this Lenten season from John, what John tries to get us to understand is that the worldview was that there were two spheres of living. There was the human sphere, and there was this cosmic sphere. And there was confusion about how to enter from being human into knowing God. Remember uh, a few weeks ago, we talked to Nicodemus about what does it mean to be born again? There's this weird language that Jesus was using. It was almost superhuman in a way. But today... Jesus performs a healing, gives sight to a man who had been blind since he was born. Can you imagine never experiencing sight, never experiencing fall, never experiencing the snowflakes we saw this morning? It is March 19th, right? And we still saw snowflakes. So what Jesus also sets up is that in this story, there are two schools of thought. There is the man born blind, healed, who answers every question only with observation. He's asked three different times in the full passage, what happened, more or less? And he says, Jesus spat in mud, put it on my eyes, and now I can see. No colorful commentary needed. This is exactly what happened. But then there's everyone else. And we want to say, oh, it's the Pharisees, but it's not. 
It's normal people. It's us. They first noticed that their neighbor, who had been blind since birth, had come back as a seen person. And their neighbors thought, oh, that just can't be him. Even though Jesus said, it's, it's me. Have you ever been in that situation where you can tell people are talking about you and you want to raise your hand and say, it's me. But there's this dichotomy set up between the beloved and the skeptic. I, I, I had to insert as well, we sang a song earlier called Enough, and admittedly it's one that's been with me uh, for a few years now, but I, I think it really also sets up this dichotomy so well. So I want you to listen to the lyrics one more time, I'm going to read them out to you. This is what we sang together earlier. I am not what I make, I, have, I am who you have made me to be. I am not what I've done. I am loved unconditionally. I am not loved by the measure of love that I bring. I am not who I know. I am known by the King of all kings. The second verse, you are maker made visible, holding the world in your hand. You are patient and merciful, giver of grace without end. Satisfied simply by being who you've always been, you are infinite love, and you prove it again and again. We find ourselves in the midst of the knowingly beloved and the unknowingly skeptical. But lucky for you, I have post-its and some Sharpies, because we're going to talk about this a little bit further. Rosalind, I may need your help up here in a moment, okay? So, so we have a man who grew up his entire life not being able to see what was before him. All of a sudden, with mud and sand, however you want to translate it, mud and sand, put on his eyes, he went and washed in the fountain, and then he and then when people asked him what happened, he just told them what happened. <laughs> he didn't say glory to God in the highest, hallelujah and amen. No, he just said, Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes and I washed it off and now I can see. So how do you think, I'm wondering, how do you think right in that moment and in the story beyond that, how do you think this blind man is feeling? What's going through his mind? And I need you to answer. This is conversational post-its and I'm writing them down. So talk slowly if you need to, or, or I should say no dissertations. How is this man feeling? Shock. How else? Confused. How else? Happy. There we go. What else? heard joy, excited. Oh, 
little stress. Maybe like healthy stress, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, stress. Amazing, I'm gonna write amazing. <laughs> Do you have thesaurus down there at Rosalind? All right, so, hi Evie. All right, so follow me here, all right? So the, the man that was born blind has if overwhelmed, maybe overwhelmed with joy or stress, is confused, maybe a little shocked, uh, feels amazing, hold on, we've got more. Grateful, happy, excited. Rosalind, can you come help me? Thank you. Can you hold this right here? Let everyone see it. Hold it there. All right. But there's someone else involved in the story, right? The Pharisees. <laughs> These signs should say boo, hiss, yay. What are the Pharisees? experiencing in this moment because I'll, I'll give you a hint the first thing that his that his neighbors say is what what this can't be the man and then he said I love it he said, no it's me it's me it's really me but then the Pharisees come up and they say how how did this happen and I love that the man born blind says, well, I mean, it's like the, the story repeating over and over. Well, there was some mud, and so Jesus put spit in mud and put it on my eyes and then washed it off, and that's how it happened. And they said, but it's the Sabbath. Isn't he a sinner for doing this on the Sabbath? Tell me how you think the Pharisees and our neighbors are feeling right now about what just happened. Confused. Again, we're all confused. Mad, doubtful. Okay, you all need to slow down. Mad. Hold on, I'm <laughs> doubtful. If I have not said your word, you say it again. Threatened. Shocked. How else? Judgmental, that was a good one. Curious. How else? Unbelieving. Skeptical. I heard another one. Shaken. again fearful all right y'all give up a flop for that one hold on Rosalind you stay where you are the Pharisees felt fearful angry 
shaken, skeptical, unbelieving, curious, judgmental, shocked, threatened, doubtful, mad, confused. There are two very different reactions to the miracle and grace that Jesus performs. Two very different reactions to the grace in their midst. There was no questionnaire given out to the blind man. Do you attend church three times a month? Have you kept kosher this year? Can you list your income, your taxable expenses? There's one, great. There was no questionnaire. Grace is given without questions. So I'm wondering, in a dual world where we have Skeptics and beloveds. Where are you? Do you recognize grace when you're in the midst of it? Or a better question, maybe? Where would others place you? Where do you want to be? With the grace that is in our midst, do you want to be asking the questions? The how, why, that can't be it. Do you want to be the skeptic? Or do you want to experience the joy? When I lived in North Carolina for seminary, yes, Duke uh, got knocked out yesterday. Thank you, Mr. Bill, uh, for the text message last night. When I was in seminary at Duke, there was an eight-hour drive between Louisville and Durham, North Carolina. And about 20 minutes before I pulled off the highway to go home, there was this big new apartment complex. And the whole time, uh, every time I drove back, you could see this sign on the side of the apartment complex that says, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. I think there's a couple around Louisville too. And at first I just let it go, it wasn't a big deal. But you know, I started noticing it during my third year especially, because I've told you all, the last hour of a road trip just grinds my gears. It's the last 20 minutes. Like, what is the speed limit again? And then you get someone being sassy on the side of an apartment building. If you lived here, you'd be home by now. Well, I know, but I don't live there. We can choose to live 
and function and react in a place where we recognize grace as grace. Or we can choose to live off to the side, passing by it, waving on the way, but still skeptical, still doubtful, still believing that it cannot be true, perhaps even angry at the grace in our midst. But if we truly live in that belovedness, in that feeling that we are enough, in that feeling that Jesus spit the mud, put it on my eyes, I washed it up, and I could see, and that's grace. Maybe we would be living at home. There's this beautiful quote that I keep up in my office by Henry Nowen. It says this. He said, we are not what we do. We are not what we have. We are not what others think of us. Coming home is claiming the truth. I am a beloved child of God. We no longer need to beg permission from the world to exist. We no longer need to beg permission from the world to exist. There is goodness and grace all around you, even on hard weeks. Do you believe that? But if we keep getting snagged on the doubts and the hows, the whys, doubtful rather than hopeful, we will continue to edge up to and pass where God intends for us to live. May you know that you are good. May you know that you are 